Hello friends, I'm Vance Rains, Senior Pastor of First Church Coral Springs. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this is a source of inspiration and faith as you grow in your walk with Christ. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. I decided uh, a number of years ago, I don't, I don't remember where this came from actually, but, but the, the idea came to me that I wanted to fill my life with as many great moments uh, as I possibly could. As many great moments as I possibly could. Now let me qualify that. Um, I don't mean great moments being uh, moments of acquisition where we go buy something expensive. Uh, I don't mean uh, great moments as moments of luxury like going to a resort, though that ain't bad. Uh, I don't mean uh, moments of, of accolade where you get cheers or awards or promotion or a big raise. I, I don't mean those kinds of things, though they're not bad if you can get them. What, what I mean by great moments are those moments in life where something teaches you at a, touches you at a deep level, uh, where, where something is stirred in your heart or your soul, where, where you're no longer the same, where an impression is made on you uh, that you won't forget. Um, and those can take all kinds of different forms. I, I wonder as I'm, as I'm describing that what comes to mind for you, uh, what your great moments have been. Uh, the philosopher Soren Kierkegaard says, the highest and most beautiful things in life are not to be heard about, nor read about, nor seen, but if one will, are to be lived. It's about living a life filled with great moments. Well, I'm, I'm going to share with you just a few of mine. Uh, about the time I thought of this idea, um, I uh, was working on getting my black belt in karate, and I distinctly remember about midway through the test, which is like three and a half hours long, uh, that I was going to die. I mean, I just thought, I'm going to die. Um, and then it hit me, this is a great moment. Like physically painful and exhausting, but being, I, I was being pushed further than I'd ever been pushed before. I was, I was doing something I didn't know I was physically capable of, and I thought, yeah, this is it. This is a great moment. Um, the next picture is really hard to see, but uh, another great moment. Uh, it was climbing a volcano, active volcano in Guatemala uh, at sunset with a group of very special friends. And when we got to the top, unexpectedly, we discovered, you can kind of see us there, the, um, the lava flowing behind us. They didn't know it was going to be flowing. And uh, we get to the summit, um, and it's about a half mile across and just flowing down the side of the mountain. Lava about six feet high, and you could, you could walk up and touch it, except it's 500 degrees, bad idea. Um, so we roasted marshmallows instead. Uh, but I remember thinking distinctly, this is a, this is a great moment, roasting marshmallows on hot lava. That's a, that's a great moment. I, I got to have a trip to, to Africa, and one of the things we got to do was go to this wildlife preserve, and I got to get in a, a, a pen with baby tigers. I got to hold a four-month-old tiger cub. It was, it was awesome until it bit me. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> it did, actually. Uh, and then about 20 years ago, I got to go to the Holy Land, and, which is a great experience. I highly encourage you. Uh, but the one thing that really stood out to me on that particular trip was going up on Mount Nebo, if you know your Old Testament, Mount Nebo is the place that God took Moses to show him the Holy Land. They've been promised it for dec you know, generations, right? And, and finally, he was the first to see it. And to be able to stand up there and see it, the Dead Sea is right in front of you. You can see the Mediterranean Ocean. You can see the Sea of Galilee. It's just incredible. And to stand there maybe near where Moses was was, was a great 
life-changing moment. Uh, some of you may remember uh, last May, Kelly and I got to go on a cruise to Alaska, which was kind of a, a big dream of ours. Uh, as soon as I got back, everybody kept saying, did you get to see glaciers? And uh, Yeah, we, we saw glaciers, this big ice melting. It's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's more impressive than that. Uh, but what impressed me, I mean, it was, that didn't measure up because one day at lunch, we're sitting uh, at the back of the ship along a window, just eating our lunch, and I look out the window, and there are hundreds upon hundreds of dolphins following in the wake of the ship. It's called a super pod, and they just kept following for I don't know how long. That was my impressive moment. Eh, glaciers, they're okay. <laughs> Comparatively, maybe if I hadn't seen all the dolphins, it would have been more impressive. Great moments, right? Wow. Moments, moments that you just, you've never seen that before. You've never experienced that before. Nothing has ever quite touched you in the way this thing has before. Like the first time I kissed my wife <laughs> on our first date. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> like our wedding day. Like the birth of our children, which was terrible, <laughs> right? But miraculous to watch that, right? Uh, and then two summers ago, I got to perform the, the, the wedding ceremony for my son and my new daughter-in-law up on top of a mountain in uh, Washington State. Uh, th these are moments that, 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 that set memories in your heart. They're, they're moments that always will stick with you. Moments that you just never anticipated it could be this good. Uh, moments you say, wow. That's today's word. Wow. Anne Lamott said, wow is often offered with a gasp, a sharp intake of breath when we can't think of another way to capture the sight of shocking beauty or destruction, of a sudden unbidden insight or an un unexpected flash of grace. Wow means we are not dulled to wonder. Now, now, I've obviously just mentioned some big ones, you know, take traveling around the world or getting up on a mountain or a cruise ship. But I want to I believe, for me and for you, that every day is an opportunity for wonder. That in every day, God gives us these moments that we can say, wow. And that that's really the goal is to look for the wow in every day. Uh, I look for them in, 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 in a variety of ways. I love riding my motorcycle before sunup over to the coast just to sit and watch the sunrise. That, that gets me every time. Um, I, I was, this, people have reacted differently to this. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I needed to go, I can't remember, a little bit north of town. I was on my motorcycle, and I was riding up the turnpike, and I got off at Glades Road because I needed gas. Uh, and as I'm pulling, you know, if you know what I'm talking about, you get off there, there's this kind of big circle, and there's a retention pond over here. There were thousands of iguanas everywhere there and then I got back on the turnpike and they were everywhere along the turnpike. I'd never seen so many iguanas in my life and people are like oh that's just gross no it was so cool wow look at all of them I say wow every time I go to my favorite Indian restaurant and I go a lot I say wow over a great cup of coffee mostly because I just need the caffeine right I mean, wows can come in all shapes, forms, sizes. Anything that excites you, anything that impresses you, anything that brings you joy or inspiration or moves you or, or just feels good or something that you know is a blessing, it's all a moment for wow. I think one of the reasons we don't have more wow moments 
is that we've forgotten what it's like to be kids. Remember Jesus said you must turn and become like a child. I think it's because child, children know about wonder. They're, they're, we've just, you know, we're not as easily impressed as we get older. It takes more to move us. But remember when you were a child, the things that would just kind of make your eyes get big. Wow. Uh, when I was growing up in Orlando, uh, you could go to Disney and park at any of the, the resort hotels for free. And you could go and actually hang out at their pool. No one would ask you about it. We did this all the time. And we would even go at night, and you could go kind of get to one of the beaches and watch the fireworks for free. Right? And we just did this. This was just part of natural part of growing up for me. We went to Disney to watch fireworks all the time. And when you watch fireworks, what do people say? Ooh, ah, wow, right? Well, I remember going on a vacation as a child to uh, Washington, D.C., which is, you know, a pretty impressive place. But then going into the Smithsonian, the, the museum, the science museum, and you walk in and there's this huge room and then there's the skeleton of a dinosaur. You know, as a child, it's huge, right? Wow. Wow. And growing up in Orlando uh, in the 80s, we would drive over to the East Coast, the Space Coast, back for the space shuttle launches. Sometimes they didn't go off, which was disappointing. Uh, but you could get over there, and you'd be 10 miles away, and wherever, you know, close as you could get, and you'd feel the ground shaking as the, as the space shuttle went up. And you could feel it in your chest, and you could hear the roar of the rockets, and you'd hear everybody saying, wow, right? Just, just awesome, more than you could ever imagine, right? So today, wow is our word, and this is part of a series that we're calling One Word Prayers. What, what I'm really trying to convey in this series isn't that you should restrict your prayers to one word. That's not the idea. What I'm trying to do is, in a sense, is just make prayer a little more accessible to us and, and realize we say more prayers than we know, uh, that, that maybe our life is a little more filled with prayer, or could be if we just recognize that some of the words we're saying, really what we mean is, is, is something for God. So we started with the word sorry, that sorry is our confession, that we can say to God just a simple word, sorry, when we know that we've fallen short. I, I then added the word please as a prayer of faith. God, would you please do this? Believing in ba- big things, that, that a little mustard seed of faith can move mountains. Please, would you do it? Then last week we talked about the question, the word why. That sometimes life is difficult, sometimes life hurts, sometimes we question Sometimes we need to lament. Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing this? And today, what I want to offer is the word, wow. Wow, which really is, a, is a, an expression of awe. It's an expression of wonder. And I want to say it's, just, it's, it's an expression of worship. When, when something causes us to say spontaneously, wow, what we're really doing, potentially, is worship. And Lamad says, wonder takes our breath away and makes room for new breath. That's why we call it breathtaking. I love that. So I just said, wow potentially is worship. Sometimes those wow moments happen in worship. At the 930 service, the band played this song that I just stood there and wept my way through. It moved me so much. Um, Sometimes that happens in worship experience. Maybe it happened to you already this morning. We have a beautiful church. Sometimes walking into a beautiful church, you just feel a sense of, wow, God is in this place, you know? Maybe it happens to you in a a musical moment. Maybe it happens here at the altar. Maybe it's during one of Pastor Cheryl's prayers. Maybe it's during the sermon, but just something, 
That touched me. We talk sometimes about getting Holy Spirit goosebumps. <laughs> when you know something's happening, you feel something moving around you. Uh, last year, singing during the cantata, I don't know if you remember the Christmas cantata, right? There was this one particular piece of music. I got to sing with the, the choir, and I got to this point where I was so choked up by the words and the beauty of the music that I couldn't sing. And I remember thinking, well, you're completely useless up here. <laughs> so I just stood there with tears running down my cheek because I couldn't, I couldn't sing. It was a wow moment. We heard earlier from Psalm 98, and in it, it tells us like all these things that God has done for us, but then this is the response to what God has done. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sounding of singing, with, with the trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Notice the word shout. You shouted in church lately? You shouted in worship lately? It's just like, wow, God, great, right? Now, here's the thing. We often think of worship as being the scheduled thing. Now, you are 11 o'clock people. So when do you worship? I worship Sundays at 11, right? A specific time. Uh, when do you sing to the Lord? Well, I go to the 11 o'clock service, and the bulletin instructs me that I sing at the beginning of the service, and I sing at the end of the service. That's what we do. That's when I sing to the Lord. That's not at all what it's talking about in the song. Notice the word burst. Burst. What he's saying is, is that, that, that sometimes life is so good that you just can't keep it in and you burst. Wow! Or maybe it's a song. It just, it just comes out. Somebody at the 930 service said, you know what burst means? He says, you ever seen a musical? They're just going along about their day and somebody bursts out in song and jazz hands, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> maybe that's what it's talking about. Just life is so good, you just, it just can't contain it, right? Something has moved you. Something has touched you. Something, something about this moment, God is revealing something to you. God is overwhelming you with the goodness of who God is and the goodness of his love. And the only thing that fits that moment is, wow, God, thank you, wow. A lot of times we use these formal words, you know, we read creeds and we say confessions and we sing these hymns, we use these big theological words, holy and hallelujah and hosanna in the highest. Maybe it's all as simple as wow. Wow, God. Wow. Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. That's reverence. That's awe. Maybe wow is enough. Now, obviously, when we're in church, those wow moments, we, we equate with worship. But what I want to suggest today is that, that every moment, potentially, every wow moment, maybe, you know, whether we're in church or not, maybe that's God. That all of life is meant to be spiritual, not just our church moments, not just sitting, you know, at home with our Bible, but everything. And so, so any moment of life that you experience something that's wow, awe, wonder, that maybe all of it is a reminder that God is in everything, that everything potentially is spiritual. Now, for some of us, and, and some of the ones I've already mentioned today, sometimes that happens not so much in, the, in a church building, but that those moments of awe and wonder happen out in the world, out in creation. Does that happen for you? Like out in nature, 
Maybe some of you are mountain people. Maybe some of you are island people. Maybe some of you are, are, are beach people or water people or whatever. There's sometimes he smiles. Like there's, there's, this, there's some place that, that just, wow, I just feel a connection, you know, to something greater because of the beauty of creation. Richard Rohr writes, the natural world is the first and primary Bible. I've told you before that my journey to Christ began at a church summer camp. And the truth of the matter is, like, I would go and I'd hear all this, you know, churchy stuff, God stuff, and it wasn't doing anything for me. Like, I, I wasn't interested at all. And then one night, like, at the end of the day, when we were kind of done, my, my group of teenage boys are going back to our cabin, and we're walking through a field, and we're up in the mountains. We're out of the city and all the city lights, and, and you could see the, the stars just perfectly. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. You know, you've been in the country where you see the... Some of you, I love the way you're smiling when I talk about these things. Like you can see the stars. Like, wow, I, did, I forgot there were so many stars. And so we're all just looking up, you know, look, wow, right? And my friend Scott Hubbard is standing next to me, and he says, how could anybody look at that and say there's not a God? And he probably doesn't even remember it, and I've never forgotten it. That was the beginning of my spiritual journey when Scott said that. Like, oh, oh, Yeah. <laughs> How could I look at that and say there's not a God? Yeah. I mean, that's where it began for me. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment. Uh, imagine that night we weren't just, you know, a bunch of teenage boys, you know, looking up at the heaven, but we actually had a telescope with us, a really, really good telescope. So we don't just see a bunch of stars. We go out, we look at, we see constellations, and we see uh, that the stars have different colors, and we see their different sizes, and we see their, that some of the shiny things are actually planets, right? And you start to realize, like, wow, there's, there's a lot going on out there. I read an article this week that scientists have discovered using very high-powered telescopes, they think they've discovered the largest thing to date that they've discovered in the universe, the largest obstacle, the obstacle, largest object in existence. It's called the Hercules Corona Borealis Great Wall. Big object. You want to hear how big it is? This is how big it is. It writes, this is the article, the earth is pretty big, but nowhere near the biggest thing in the universe. The sun is bigger than the earth. You could fit a million earths inside the sun. But it's tiny compared to some of the other stars in the galaxy. We know that our galaxy, the Milky Way, is just one of 200 billion galaxies in the world. And that most of them are bigger than ours. And we know that even the biggest galaxy that we've found to date is a pipsqueak, quote, compared to the Hercules Corona Borealis Great Wall, which measures 10 billion light years across. So how big is that? That means that if I go to one end of the Hercules Borealis Great Wall, and I want to go all the way to the other side, it will take me 10 billion years to see everything if I travel at the speed of light. And you don't like driving to the Miami airport. <laughs> like we, we complain if I got to go to Fort Lauderdale to do something, right? I mean, that's, that, that's a long way. 10 billion light. That's big. Who made that? And that's just one thing in the universe that God made. That's just, and that's just the biggest thing we've found so far. 
Now let's just say you're not really into big stuff, right? You don't have a telescope, but you have a microscope. So instead of looking at big things, you're going to look at little things. And maybe you've got a really good microscope, and it'll actually take you down to the atomic level. Most of you don't have that good of a microscope, but just imagine. Did you know, I mean, atoms are tiny. Did you know that within your body there are billions of atoms? And scientists are starting to believe that the atom isn't the smallest thing in existence. In fact, that the atom is composed of microparticles that, that are the building blocks of all creation, and starting with the atom going all the way up to the Great Wall. Well, how small are these tiny little particles that make up the, uh, the atom, which you cannot see an atom with your own eyes, right? right? So a tiny building block particle, they say, is about a millionth of a billionth of a billionth of a billionth of a centimeter. Or to put it in better, and, right, that detail. So just imagine, so let's, like, that's too small. So let's just take an atom, right? So just one atom of the billions in your body, and just imagine we take that teeny little bit atom and we blow it up to the size of our solar system. One of those little building block particles is about the size of one tree on the earth. And there's billions of them in a single atom, and there's billions of atoms within your body. Following where I'm going with this? God made those too. Go down to the smallest possible thing that could, could possibly exist. God made that with precision and detail. Go to the largest thing yet discovered 10 billion light years across. And God made that too. There are billions upon billions upon billions of of wow opportunities accessible to us every moment. We're surrounded. We are it. Wonder. Ah, if we'll just open our eyes to see it. Uh, a number of years ago, I was watching the Today Show on NBC, uh, and Ann Curry, remember Ann Curry? She was doing an interview with an author by the name of Alexander, I think his name is Cyrus, to Cyrus. Um, he had written a book, and, and it's a collection really of photographs, where he had taken these high-level scanners that they use, you know, to, to scan the body, these high-level these, these high technology that they're using in medicine. But he combined them, and so throughout this book are these photos that show the interconnectedness of our skeletal systems, our muscular systems, our nervous systems, etc. And so it's, it's, it's amazing. Write down that name and go Google it. You'll see some of these images. They're just breathtaking. And as he's interviewing her, she's asking, like, well, how did you make the pictures? Like, what was your technology or whatever? And he just starts saying, he says, you know, when you start to see the interconnectedness, the interplay of all of these different systems in the body, you start to realize this is not an accident. That all of this comes from some greater maker who designed all of this. And you could tell, like, Ann Curry had no idea it was going to go that direction. She was asking about the book, right? And she said, excuse me, are you talking about God? He said, call it whatever you want. This isn't an accident. Right? There's a moment in writing that book, you could say he came to a moment of wow. I was so impressed I bought the book. You're welcome to look at it. Like, I got to see that. Right? Creation itself, everything God made points us back to God. It's a moment to go, wow, look at that nervous system. Wow, look at that atoms. Wow, look at that galaxies. Wow. I was just thinking today, I was just thinking about my two favorite hobbies. One is riding a motorcycle. Well, yeah, it's partially about the speed and the power and all that. But I think part of it is I just like being out 
in the, and feel the cold, feel the heat, feel the wind, smell the smells, especially when you drive by a pasture of cows, you really smell it, right? <laughs> I, I, I grow bonsai trees, you know, so every, literally every day I go out to see what's growing, what's budding, what's, what's not doing, what's not healthy, what's producing, right? What needs a little of my attention? I get my hands in the dirt all of the time. It's connecting with God. Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote in a poem, Earth is crammed with heaven. Isn't that a great expression? Earth is crammed with heaven. Every common bush afire with God. That's a reference to Moses in the burning bush. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. As we have wow moments, it's acknowledging that we live in a holy world. Take off your shoes. God is there. I heard about a, a, a pastor who was working on a doctoral dissertation, um, and he was a hiker. And so he made the decision he would hike the Appalachia Trail and interview hikers as he met them along the trail. Now, the Appalachia Trail starts in North Georgia, goes all the way to Maine. It's over 2,000 miles long. If you're capable of doing that kind of hike, it's, a, it's about a five- to seven-month hike. And so he was out on the trail, and he would meet somebody, and he would say, can I interview you? And he would just start asking. And what he found was the vast majority were not religious, not in, in our way of being religious. They didn't, they didn't go to church. You know, that, that's just not who they were. But almost to a person, deeply spiritual. They had a deep reverence. They had a deep belief that there was a crea- is a creator and it was because of what they were experiencing. It was because of what they saw, that being immersed in God's creation led them to know that there is a power, a greater being. And we would define that. We would practice that differently. But it, it revealed. God reveals God's self in God's creation. Dostoevsky wrote uh, in the brother Karamazov, Love all of God's creation. Both the whole of it and every grain of sand. Love every leaf, every ray of God's light. Love animals, love plants, love each thing. If you love each thing, you will perceive the mystery of God in all things. And once you have perceived it, you will begin tirelessly to perceive more and more of it every day. And you will come at last to love the whole world with an entire universal love. And so Psalm 98, it begins, look at all the things that God has done. And it tells God's people, worship God, burst out in song for God. But then it goes to verse 7 and 9, it says, even creation worships God. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. What if we could get in touch with that what if what if our days were filled with wonder and awe and wow because we just are so connected to this world that god has made and god in it and god in us so let me take one little last turn uh, for lent of course we're doing this series one word prayers but, but the whole point of this is is to take us to a deeper place of spirituality because lent is about um, about the depth of God's love for us, right? I mean, the reason we have Lent is it's, it's preparing us for the most incredible thing that we could imagine any God would do, that He would take on flesh, die a sacrificial death for us, 
and that he would defeat death by conquering the grave. Like, that's what the season's about. It's reminding ourselves of what kind of God we worship and that we ought to take that as seriously as we possibly can. Well, I've already said that one of the places of wow that we experience is in worship. Well, one of the earliest hymns of worship that we have comes from the book of Colossians 1, 15 through 20. It's called the Christ hymn sometimes. And it goes like this. The Son is, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. I mean, Jesus is the visible image of the invisible. When you see Jesus, you see God. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. That's putting Jesus at a pretty high place. All things created for Him. He is the one who sustains all things. He is the one who redeems all things through His death, through His resurrection. He says, behold, I make all things new. Right? This is who He is. This is who we worship. So just follow me with a little bit of logic here. Let's imagine for a moment that I'm right, that life should be full of moments of wonder, that life, life was meant to be lived full of great moments. God intended that for us. God gave us this life to be lived fully. Let's imagine that, okay? And we've said that we can experience wow in worship. We've said we can experience wow in nature, immersed in God's creation. What if, what if we became more conscious that all of the wows in our life, big and small, spontaneous, intentional, all of them really are about Jesus? That all of us point them back to Him? What if every wow really is a way of saying that you, Jesus, are the visible image of the invisible God? That, wow, Jesus, you are the one that made this. Wow, Jesus, you're the one that sustains us. Wow, Jesus, you're the one that makes all things new. And let me just ask you, of all the things that impress you, of all the things that touch your heart, of all the things that move you, can you think of any bigger wow than God loving us so much that he took on our human flesh? For God so loved the world. Can you think of any bigger wow than God in flesh dying on the cross for you? For there is no greater love than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Can you think of any greater wow than a dead man coming back to life and bursting out of the tomb and going to heaven and throwing open wide the gates of heaven and saying to you and to me, hey, come on in. And let's do this wow thing forever. Can you think of any better wow than that? And what if every wow in this life really points to that? Every great cup of coffee, wow. <laughs> Every moment of intimacy, wow. Every sunset, wow. Everything that stirs your heart, what if every bit of it is just meant to capture your attention? Hey, wow. Let's do this forever. Let's pray. 
And so God, would you make our eyes better at seeing? <laughs> would you make our ears better at hearing? Would you make our hearts more open? Would, would you help us to see the wow in every moment of every day? And would you make us the kind of people that just burst it? We just can't keep it in. Wow. May our life be filled with more of it. And may it all lead to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about First Church and our ministries, visit us online at welovefirst.church.